I'd like to invite you along the Camino with me. I'm Holly Brock, and welcome to the playful ponderings of my particular pilgrimage along the Camino de Santiago. The title of this story, Traveling at the Speed of Love, is based on a song title. A while back, we traveled to Costa Rica with a group of college students, and one of the students shared the song with us. It's become a theme in my life, and I ask often, what would the world be like if we traveled more at the speed of love? In J.R. Tolkien's book, The Hobbit, Bilbo Baggins says, you step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, you never know where you will end up. I think we would all agree that even if we keep our feet or try, we can't know for sure where we will end up. But just in case you're merely hearing this as good advice for when you step out onto the road, guess what? You already have. We're all already out on this road. When each of us took our first breath, we stepped onto the road we will travel through this world. And since you are already on it, the question now is how do you want to travel it? May I suggest traveling it at the speed of love? Walking the Camino de Santiago was very sobering, realizing I was the sole controller, not just of the pace I traveled, but of all decisions, really. There was no one, not my husband, not my kids, not my friends, and no thing, not my responsibilities or my dog Pippin or even my reputation that had an active voice on the Camino. I knew Jesus was always near, but as far as who I was technically with, it was the proverbial group of me, myself, and I. That realization is very sobering. We are not designed to be islands. We are wired for touch and sharing, communication, and community. So being in a situation where I was on my own, not just for a few days, but for six weeks, and not in my home or home country, but in a foreign one, with only my feet to carry me every day into new places, is a wake-up call. It's sobering because it requires me to function without all of the usual supports or familiarity. If there really is no one for whom I am responsible, nor that I can rely on during this time, if no one is keeping track of me or very possibly even noticing me, how will I live? How will I travel over these miles and weeks, often hot, often hungry, often tired, sometimes wet, sometimes lost? There are buses, there are taxis, there are airplanes for that matter that could get me where I'm going. I'm tempted for a moment to just post up in Pomplona till it's time to go home. This moment is sobering and it is also freeing. When all of what we are used to is removed, it's a little like a free fall, terrifying at first, but then strangely liberating. You can't fall back on anything you're used to. So you learn to make decisions from a simpler and more honest place. What I found was that this experience brought me back to a question I had gotten out of touch with. What is good for me? 
Being immersed for over 25 years in the service, caregiving, hospitality industries, I'm referring to my role as COO of my large family and property, I have gotten in the habit of putting my needs on the back burner. Does anyone relate? Am I right? You can survive like this for a while, but it's really not sustainable. Along this pilgrimage, I was able to see what it looked like to love myself in terms of my basic needs. I didn't feel pressured to keep pace with anyone else. I could take my boots off for a rest whenever I needed to. Here, my normal task of feeding a household didn't apply. So I ate when and what food my body really needed. There was no home to shut down for the night. So, ah, the simple pleasure of going to sleep when I was ready. I had the choice when to walk or eat alone or when to engage with others. It felt like even as I was exhausting my physical energy daily, I was being filled up in other ways. I was, in a sense, loving myself, but the real gift was more about experiencing the power of being loved. And by walking along the Camino, I saw that traveling at the speed of love hinges on receiving love. Because to really know what love is, we first have to be loved ourselves. This is random because this has nothing to do with my pilgrimage along the Camino, yet maybe it does because when I think about traveling at the speed of love, this is a story about a day when I did just that. Once when I was in New Mexico in beautiful Santa Fe, I went on what I affectionately call my green dot adventure. As a sucker for the satellite view version of maps, I surveyed the surrounding area, looking less at roads and towns and more at shapes and colors. I knew I wanted to go to Bandelier National Monument and climb up the cliffs into the high caves that this group of Native Americans used as their meeting tent. So cool. But as I expanded the view surrounding Bandelier, I noticed this isolated green spot. It was conspicuous as it sat right in the middle of a range of brown mountains to the west of town. What could it be? It had no label nor any real civilization near it and only one tiny road that seemed to skirt the side of it. I was hooked. I had to find it and see it with my own eyes. The hunt for the green dot began with me peeling out in my four-cylinder two-door rental car, leaving an unimpressively small cloud of dust. Slowly, as this engine was not made for this, I made my way up into those brown mountains. And then I lost cell service. So now, without a map, I just had to go with my instincts. Up and around and down one mountain and another. I noticed there had been a fire recently and that there was green underbrush growing up slowly through the burned areas. Was this the green from the satellite image? I was pretty sure that the green I had seen was lighter, yet my confidence took a little dip. Should I keep going? I had a hunch that just ahead I would find the tiny road that should lead me to, well, the green dot. But with every passing mile, I questioned if I should turn around. But there was a fire in me. For whatever reason, I had to find that green dot that was perhaps just over the next ridge or maybe that ridge back there, or the one over there. Increasingly disoriented, I was tempted to give up. But there were other forces at work in this quest than just my own strength. At that moment, a big pickup truck, which was also the first car I had seen in a good 30 minutes, came barreling up behind me. 
He couldn't pass on such a curvy, narrow stretch, and there was nowhere for me to pull over. Nothing to do but drive on. A good half mile passed, and then, like magic around the next curve, the green space came into view, sprawling out in the valley in front of me and taking my breath away. It was spectacular, partially because it was spectacular and partially because of how much it meant to me to find it. It was the product of a volcanic eruption where the lava had cooled and settled, creating this high, flat plain in the middle of the mountains. And because of the chemical makeup of the lava, only grass could grow there. This was the green I was longing to find. The vastness of it didn't really strike me until I saw what looked like a miniature barn built near the edge, magnificent. This green dot that somehow wasn't significant enough to label on a map was an absolute treasure to me. I laughed, realizing that for someone else, this whole experience would literally be their last choice as to how to spend a day, perhaps even a nightmare for them. But for me, this was a serious, custom-made gift of love to my soul. The best way to describe it is that I and all of my quirkiness felt very loved. Because of this, because this day was so clearly full of this custom-made love for me, I understood better what it means to travel at the speed of love. If we are going to learn to travel at the speed of love, it starts by knowing love ourselves. But after that is where the real magic begins. When we watch how love can beget more love, because at the end of that day, Where I felt so loved, I was bursting with the hope that everyone could experience that kind of day, that kind of love for themselves. It's an experience of something we know to be true, that in order to love, we must be loved. And it affirms the deeper truth that we love because God first loved us. On the Camino in the evenings, I would regularly make a round and give shoulder massages to whatever motley group of pilgrims were gathered. Carrying a pack all day makes you stronger, but is not necessarily pleasant. People really appreciated it, but moreover said that I was really good at it. I've heard this before, and here's my secret. I give good back rubs because I know how good a good back rub feels. Because am I right? You have to have experienced a good back massage to know how to give one. I was literally, in Jesus' words, doing unto others as I would have done for myself and loving my neighbors as myself. Let's walk a little further down this road because although traveling at the speed of love hinges on being loved myself, it doesn't stop there. It also calls for giving love. Being love creates and expands something in us. It creates the ability to love. And since we have that ability, it becomes, and don't freak out, a responsibility. Let's slow this roll here, though, because there are some very important nuances that we tend to steamroll over. This is a wonderful and terrible word that we are all, all too familiar with, responsibility. Am I right? It's wonderful because it calls us to be strong and do what's right. But it's terrible because we tend to misunderstand what that might look like, what's expected of us. If we don't understand what God means by responsibility, we cripple ourselves by taking on a burden that is either too heavy or not our own to bear. Let's do some wordplay and flip it around. 
What if we understand responsibility as the ability to respond, to recognize and rest in one's literal capacity to respond? This rings true because it corresponds to real life. If our responsibility is our ability to respond, then we have confidence that no more is required of me than what I have the ability to. And also, I see that I have the ability to do quite a bit. As we say it in my home, you can only do your best, but you better do your best. A good friend's mom always told her, girl, never forget you're yoked to the big ox. The big ox is God who can pull the weight of the world. I cannot bear the God-sized mantle, but I can love my size, which is exactly and simply what I'm called to do. This is quantitative, how much love we have to give, but it's also qualitative, what kind of love we have to give. Now Jesus is teaching to do unto others what you would have done to you isn't mechanical, isn't in order to give a certain amount or style of love. It's a very personal invitation to love how you are designed to and therefore truly able to. Jesus also said, love your neighbor as yourself because he knows that's how each of us can love and wants us to do just that. These teachings of Jesus are not a command to bear a load that is too heavy for us, nor act out of generic style of responsibility to love others, but rather quite literally and wonderfully a call to respond how each of us is able to travel at the speed of love. When we answer that call and come into alignment with God, his deep hope for this world and our unique role in it, we engage in the most joyful hard work we could imagine. When we do the work we were destined for, it creates a collaboration of custom love, which becomes a powerful force in the world. I think God sets it up this way. In light of our beautiful diversity, there is no cookie cutter way to love. So by design, if we love with the best love we can give, then love can find and fill all of the nooks and crannies of this world. Our uniqueness creates the mechanism by which the whole world can be loved, like a massive Tetris game where all of the different shapes of love, if orchestrated well, leave no part empty and dark, but are combined to create a rich place of color. There is a much richer adventure we are invited to join, to be loved, yes, and also to truly love. When these are both free-flowing, they create a powerful motion because by the design of God, love begets more love. In some mysterious way, once we we have love, we begin to find more of it. I found that when I gave love on the Camino, sure enough, and in the most interesting ways, I found more love. It seemed to multiply and spill out into the world and along the Camino and often back to me. How can this be? Because Jesus doesn't show us a good way. He shows us the best way. When Jesus says, do to others as you would have them do to you and love your neighbor as yourself, he is teaching us something about how true love operates. He's trying to show this beautiful interplay of receiving love and giving love. He is inviting us into the mystery of the big L love, love with the capital L into love himself. Traveling at the speed of this big love 
is much richer than me receiving what love is to me or you receiving what love is to you. It is more than the sum of those parts, not just one act of love added to another. The big love is love in motion. It is love begetting more love and its effect is exponential. Richard Rohr in his book, The Divine Dance, pictures the big love like a water wheel that has been set in motion by the Trinity, who is God. The motion is created by the emptying out and consequent refilling of the buckets, being emptied and being filled, emptied and filled, like giving love and receiving love. This is how the water wheel is propelled, the dance of love. If God, the big love, moves more like a water wheel, then the more love that is put in, the more love pours out. And the strength of that love propels that water wheel faster, producing a divine energy bent on love reaching the whole world. Some years back, one of my daughters came to me frustrated with her little sister. I told her that I would send my message back to her sister through her. Because she would carry this message back to her sister personally, I gave her the choice. I can either give you a spanking and you can give that to her or I can give you a kiss and you can give that to her. She chose the kiss. She literally demonstrated loving her sister as she wanted to be loved. She chose to travel at the speed of love. It's amazing, really. Let's live more like this. (laughs) 